Welcome to Mongo in the Morning. I'm going to be your host, Anthony Mongo Mondraluzzo, and I'm going to be taking a look with this podcast at the most important position in all of sports, the quarterback position. I'm going to go about this by looking at the elite college quarterbacks, those who participated in the Elite 11 in high school, and I'm going to break them down, kind of tell you a little bit about their high school background, go into their college background, and then project them out at the NFL level. I'm going to do so looking at their personality, things they've done on the field, adversity they've faced, and really just who they are as people and what that means in terms of their playing style and how that translates to the field. So I've taken a look at two guys already, Miles Brennan, and I've also took a look at Sean Clifford last week. This week, I'm going to take a look at my guy, Tommy DeVito, the quarterback of my favorite team, the Syracuse Orange. I might have a little bit of bias here, but I think for me, I, I think I see him a little more of a clearer image just based off of all the tape I've watched on him and all the, all the games I've watched. So I'm going to dive right in here talking about Tommy. Those of you who don't know Tommy, he's quarterback number 13 on Syracuse. He's going into his redshirt junior season. He went to a very prestigious prep school, Don Bosco Prep in New Jersey, born and raised New Jersey. As you can see, last name ends in a vowel, Italian, New Jersey. That's what you're getting with him. You're going to, that's like his personality is the classic Italian who lives in New Jersey, born and raised here. So, that, that's kind of Tommy. I'm not going to read into too much of what that actually means. Um, but so he's a August 7th, 1998 is when he was born. So he's a little on the older side going to a prep school, um, especially in New Jersey. I know specifically they, they like to hold uh, children back in school when they hit about August, September. So it's not, not uncommon. He's 6'2", 212. I think the 6'2 is like he's, he's kind of just just 6'2". And, and the 212, it's, he's put on a lot of – he's done a lot of good things in the weight room, which I'm going to get into. So he's, he's really done a good job since coming to Syracuse to get to, to get to a firm weight where he can take the beating that he's taken so far playing in the ACC, playing with a, a very young offensive line in his first season starting. So looking at Tommy growing up, he's he wasn't a quarterback on his flag football team when he was six years old. So right out of the gate, he's somebody that kind of had this, you know, he had he had barriers in his way of being able to to do what he really desires to do, and that's play the quarterback position and play it at a high level. So he started working out with a quarterback coach, Leon Clark. He has a few other clients that he works with, but I think Tommy is probably his most famous client. So he started working with him when he was playing flag football when he was six. Tommy was a running back, and he really wanted to focus on winning that starting job. You don't see many flag football players being able to have coaches that young, but for Tommy, this is really how what allowed him to be able to 
to play from behind the center and play under center was being able to, to have a coach focus on him and help him focus, help and help Tommy really focus on throwing the right way. And he, he helped teach Tommy the right throwing motion because Tommy played baseball growing up. So I mean, baseball, it's a little more of a sidearm throw than, than over the top of football. So every time Tommy went into the offseason, Leon had to con- he was constantly reteaching him his throwing motion to allow him to have the have the best technique possible. And and I think technique is something where, you know, you see somebody like Pat Mahomes who kind of has lazy technique, but that's because he's super talented. Not everybody like when when you say not everybody's Pat Mahomes, nobody's Pat Mahomes. There's like just Pat Mahomes and that's it. So being able to have great technique gives you the best chance at having athletic success because when you have good technique, you are constantly putting yourself in a better position to be more accurate, more on target. And the more you do that, the the higher success level you're going to have. So Tommy really focused on developing effortless power. And this power is specifically in the deep ball. They had practice sessions that focused on run pass options and different situational drills and and placement of the ball. But a lot of this technique work was trying to help Tommy to have a big arm in the deep ball game, be accurate in the deep ball game. His dad also helped prepping him by having him answer questions from the media and I think that that's kind of cute, honestly, just being able to have your dad try to quiz you and try to kind of shake you when you're at the podium. Because, I mean, most quarterbacks can kind of go through the, the motions of answering media, and it's fine. You just want to be able to get through it sometimes. But to be able to answer questions and help really help the media, because, I mean, the media is really helping portray who you are. And if you want, and if you kind of want, you want, you want a good relationship with them because it helps really portray a, a good image of you to the media, which is, which can be important. So he played against getting into kind of high school. Tommy playing at Don Bosco played against a lot of great schools across the country from Louisiana, Philly, Cincinnati, Bishop Gorman. We're going to cover. Uh, Tate Martell, who went to Bishop Gorman, which is in Las Vegas, Nevada. So he he was able to play a lot of great schools, get a lot of get a lot of experience playing against guys who are going to be playing college ball, which is important at the high school level. A lot of guys, it's tougher for them to transition because they don't really play at a high level. But Tommy didn't have that, and so Tommy had he was going into. Um, during during the, his high school uh, career, the, his team was in a crucial regular season game. They had multiple linemen out against a very good unit. And Tommy was able to lead a, a second-half comeback to win 30, 34-26. And that, for Tommy, this was something where his coaches saw that, that he was able to rally his team. And that's important to see at the high school level. And can really tell via a thing a te, a te, uh, 
something to kind of tell you what's to come of this this young quarterback. So Tommy got kind of he had uh, former quarterback Mike Teal as his offense coordinator going into his second year starting, and he was able to install a pro offense and kind of throw everything he could at Tommy to see what he could handle. And he he was able to handle a lot. He was able to to check out at the line of scrimmage and and really do a lot of things that some college quarterbacks don't even do. With all this being said, Tommy still really wasn't that nationally ranked quarterback. He wasn't a highly ranked quarterback going into his scene in the beginning of his senior year. But this is where the Elite 11 really made him into a star. Before going there, he was ranked 72nd nationally among pro-style quarterbacks. He's 121st ranked overall among pro-style and dual-threat dual quarterbacks combined and ranked 1,626 overall in the nation. That, that's, that's, that's insane because what he jumped to was the number 13th quarterback and num- uh, number 327 nationally ranked after the Elite 11. He was a virtually an unknown player coming into this camp. Not a lot of people knew about him, but he he made the finals and was able to just really just blow up his recruiting. But the only problem was he was already committed to Syracuse. And he, you know, he had a few other offers from Rutgers, BC, Maryland, Temple, but you know, Syracuse out of those schools is the best, the best one. So after the Elite Eleven happened, and he, you know, he lights up the scene, and he's now the 13th best quarterback in the country. A few other schools kind of called, came knocking, and 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 started calling him up and trying to contact him. One of them was Texas A&M, which is one of the always one of the best recruiting teams in the country, and they wanted to see how strong this commitment to Syracuse was. But Tommy, you know, I said Italian, New Jersey. So this is what he said when when asked about why why he stuck at Syracuse. We're Italian, so we're all about trust. When we had a conversation with Coach Babers and the rest of the coaching staff. We had a lot of trust and belief with them. My gut told me to go with it, and I went with it. That's why I'm with Syracuse. So to see that m- maturity from a high school kid is is really cool. So many guys are flipping commitments when they're at the school, before they're at the school, after they commit. So to have a guy stick to his guns and stick to the school that, that said that he was he's their guy is really cool. And, and it's, it's something that Syracuse really appreciates. And they've handed the keys to him now. I'm going to get into that. But, but it's, it's, it's cool to see that maturity level from a kid his age to really stick to his guns and, and, and be really – the, the high point in the recruiting class, having other, being able to bring other guys in like that, saying, I'm going with Syracuse. I believe in Coach Babers, who's trying to rebuild this program. I mean, Syracuse was really nothing for like the last, you know, they had, when they, they had Doug Marone in 2000, in 2000, early 2010s, and they won eight games, and that was really awesome. But until Coach Babers got there, they hadn't won 10 games in 20 years. I mean, this was a program that was winning 
four games the past three or four years. But Tommy saw that, you know, Coach Dino Babers started off at Eastern Illinois, rebuilt that program with Jimmy G, who's now on the San Francisco 49ers. Then he went to Bowling Green, did the same thing there, rebuilt that program, and now he's coming to Syracuse. And it looks like it's going to be another rebuild, but this time it's at the ACC level. It's a Power Five conference. So that's it was kind of like the perfect storm in terms of being able to get a guy who wasn't really highly ranked and bringing him to a team that really isn't expected to do too much. So going into 2017, though, his freshman year, Eric Dungy, who is now a Syracuse legend for, for, for leading this 10-win season, in 2018 was the starting quarterback and Dungy did actually get banged up that year, but they kind of, they, the, the rule wasn't in place where you could play four games and still have, keep your red shirt. So they just kept Tommy out. He really, he wasn't a, like he, he wasn't 212 when he was there. He was closer to 285 if that. So he spent a lot of time in the weight room. And that's he's actually, if you look on the social media page, he's like one of the most featured players in like the weight room. And he, he's been putting on some some pretty big weight, especially for a quarterback. So he kind of worked on getting bigger, watching backup quarterbacks play. But it was able it gave him time to learn the offense. And and in 2018, he was gonna be the backup quarterback. It was like not a question. You know, there, there we had a few other we uh, Syracuse had a few other scholarship quarterbacks, but not none none to the level of Dungy and and Tommy. So he played. He really in 2018 in his uh, retro freshman year, he played some major time as a backup. He came in a few games where Dungy got hurt, or if Dungy got pulled against Florida State, Dungy got a little banged up, so they just kind of pulled him and, and left Tommy in there because they were already kind of the game was already out of hand. I guess Notre Dame, Dungy got knocked out, so he was able to play in that game too. But this UNC game was really interesting because Dungy wasn't hurt. He just Dungy was struggling to co- complete passes and get anything going offensively, and Syracuse was kind of saying like, you know, they only had. I think one loss or two losses at the time and they wanted to, to compete in a big bowl game. So they, they, and having Tommy on the bench, like Dungy was just struggling. So they, they pulled him out and UNC, he really impressed. And this is, this is something where I think it shows me his potential because of the adversity he faced in this game. I know adversity is like the big word I'm using for like, this Elite 11 series, and what I'm going to use for quarterbacks in general, you know, to face adversity. But it really impressed me because he comes in after the, the senior quarterback has been struggling, and he just kept, he was letting it fly. He was letting the ball fly. You know, as I said, DeVito, what he does really well at like almost, I would say, an elite level, especially for a college quarterback, is dropping the deep ball in the bucket. He's able to generate so much power. It's kind of funny, too, because in his short game, he doesn't look like he has that much power on his ball. But he, I mean, he throws it a little differently on his deep ball, but he's really able to cock the ball back and twist and rotate his hips to generate power through the ground into his hips and and really 
create a good torque that gives him more power than he usually has. And I mean, this thing, I mean, it's like the butterfly wing. It just kind of just drops in there. So Tommy's leading the charge against UNC, throwing them, just slinging the ball deep. Then with 50 seconds left, the game's tied. He almost threw the game away. He threw a pick, a bad, bad, bad pick. They The corner kind of tricked him by, I mean, he was throwing a lot of hitch route. And the corner was was sitting in the flat on a hitch on the hitch route. And he didn't even see, he didn't see the guy there. And so he almost threw the game away, but the defense was able to, to hold and give him the ball back. Well, not give him the ball back, but, but end, end the game in regulation. And they went to overtime. And this guy, he didn't give up after this. He kept slinging the ball. He, I mean, he's a gunslinger. That's why I keep saying he's slinging the ball. I mean, he's, he has, you know, he has no conscience at times when it turns of just throwing it deep and continue, continuing to to throw great fade balls and great great go routes and and really just drive the ball. And so Syracuse prevails in this game in double overtime, and he shows a lot of guts to be able to to have that confidence even after throwing what could have been the game-ending interception. So this got Syracuse fans, like myself, really excited for 2019. Syracuse goes 10-3, winning 10 games, like I said, first time in about 20 years. And we returned, we returned, Syracuse returned a lot of, of starters in 2019, only losing some guys on the offensive line. And this is what was kind of overlooked going into the year was the freshmen and the sophomore players that were going to be on the offensive line. It really gave Tommy a hard time this, this past year. He was forced to escape a lot more than he was comfortable with. And, you know, the kind of drifting in the pocket that happens when you play Madden, where you're just like, all of a sudden you're like 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage and you try to throw like a 10-yard a pass, and you're like, whoa, that must have been a big play. And then you see like, it's like second and, and nine, and you're like, what? How, how is it How is it second and nine? I just threw a 10-yard pass. Oh, you ran like 30 yards back and then threw it like a yard past the line of scrimmage. That's what Tommy kind of got into, except he kind of had to throw it out of bounds a lot. So this is something that, happened this year with Baker Mayfield and Baker was actually known for this in college when he played against some of the more elite teams like Ohio State and Clemson in the college football playoff and during the regular season was he he with the tackles or the the guards or the interior of the line isn't good you start to a little drift to the side that is kind of blocking a little better or the side that's more open and Young, inexperienced quarterbacks kind of have this problem because they don't they don't know the pocket holes. They don't know where to step up in. Or honestly, their lines is not good enough, and they have to escape. So Syracuse was having a lot of issues with the offensive line, the backs, the linemen. They didn't even know who, who, who their guy was. They would turn. They would have a guy right in front of them, and they would turn inside and let him run right by them, thinking the back was going to pick him up. We're not even realizing that that was their guy. So it puts a lot on quarterbacks, especially when there's not a lot of quick hitters in place. 
And so Tommy really got in, and then he didn't have a consistent run game either, which which forced him to leave the pocket early and really made a made a bad habit out of assuming that he's in a bad pocket when there's when there's any sort of pressure, whether it's picked up or not. And he he made assumptions that the blitz isn't going to be picked up, that he has to kind of go into this like fight or flight mode and try to escape the pocket to keep himself upright and even keep the play and the drive alive. I mean, so early on against in the season against Clemson, Liberty, he he really was throwing bad interceptions. He would drift and he would like kind of almost go to the boundary, but then he would try to throw the ball back in bounds late into crowded areas and it resulted in a lot of interceptions. I mean, he really didn't end up with that many interceptions on the year, but a lot of them came in like his first like three or four games where he was throwing two, three, three picks a piece. Then he would also take sacks that were unnecessary. And then in order to try to get out of these unnecessary sacks, he tried to throw the ball out of bounds. But then after throwing the ball, like trying to – so it was throwing the ball out of bounds. He started getting intentional grounding because he wouldn't be able to get out of the pocket in time. So it was a lot on Tommy. It was a lot of trial by fire in his first year. And to make matters worse, Tommy really – with all these hits and and running around and he got banged up and that forced Dino to hold him out of some games when he took a bad hit. Um and you know, in kind of facing such adversity, you really this is how you see people grow. And you do things and they you, and they do things that you didn't think they were even capable of. So I think what I saw that some of the good I saw this year for Tommy was he grew a lot in his creativity and his capability, showing off his wheels in the run game, using some RPOs and keeping it himself for some big games. He was able to ma- manipulate pump fakes well, which helped freeze pass rushers and freeze defenders. He has really solid straight line speed to go along with that escapability and some of the RPO plays they run. So when the play breaks down, he can figure out how to kind of flick it out or throw it away. And that's something that that you kind of saw come later in the year, but something I, I want to see improved of in this coming year. And something else I really want to see Syracuse do is use Nakeem Johnson. He's a slot receiver for them and try to hit him on quicker breaking routes. Even a lot of those option routes that you see from the run and shoot offense will be really great with Nakeem because I think I personally think he's a smart smart player, a little on the smaller side, being five eight, shifty. He became a really good target for Syracuse, like a third or fourth option for their offense 2018, but then kind of disappeared this season. And he has a really good pair of mitts and kind of can be trusted underneath to catch the ball consistently. I really, but getting back to Tommy, I really don't want some of these bad habits he picked up in 2019 to leave a a bad long-term impact on his ability to play free, play confident, stand firm in the pocket, slide, be able to find alleys in the pocket where he can step up and complete balls. I mean, that's what Syracuse is really counting on this year is being able to, to put it on Tommy's shoulders and and hopefully the offensive line being they didn't they're only losing i think two players from their starting lineup 
in the beginning of the season. So a lot of these guys have played a lot this past year being, being young, kind of like Tommy trial by fire. They had to learn. So that's, that's what Syracuse has to really try to, to help Tommy out with next year. So go, coming back to the elite 11 and it is time there. I, I really respect the guys there. So I, I want to just go over some of the things they had to say about Tommy because, I mean, they, these things really reflect his game right now. So, again, he was a surprise for them. And what they really love about him was his eyes, footwork, his quick diagnosis of defenses, his base, which has been able to really help him generate power. And the way that the ball comes out of his hand, it comes out hot. It comes out ready ready to fly, which is, which is something that I'm going to talk about a little bit later in terms of his potential in in the future so again they they said that he really i mean in order to get to the the finals of the elite 11 you have to check all the boxes combine interview pro day he was able to take the playbook which it which with it which they said was a lot different than what he ran in high school and be able to put that and aced it during his seven on seven competition that they have at the elite 11 and that, I mean, that's really important to be able to learn offenses that quickly and learn game plans quickly. Week to week, your game plan's usually going to be pretty different if you're playing teams that are, you know, not similar. So being able to, to pick up on things quickly and really take ownership of something you're just learning is, is really important for quarterbacks to have. Again, Tommy's a guy, he came in under-recruited. He kept... And but but he came in with this chip on his shoulder, and I bet you this season, after really struggling and and not winning a lot of ACC games, is something he's going to continue to try to stack this chip on his shoulder. And it's and I think that he has a giant chip this year. I mean, he kind of came in as this heralded guy and had a lot of confidence in Gravato, but now being able to stack a chip on his shoulder coming in to hit this this next year for him is going to be important to continue to try to to push Syracuse up towards the top of the ACC. So Tommy is voted the most likely to play early by the counselors at the Elite 11. I mean, that kind of, I think, has to do with Syracuse and just how they are. They didn't really have a lot of quarterbacks. And a lot of people didn't really know much about them. But so that that's something that's that's kind of it may it kind of shows you though like what I was just saying being able to take that playbook and learn it quickly that that that's one of the reasons why they kind of voted this for him was because of his ability to learn and grow that quickly. So Dilfer, who I, I really I, I I listen to a lot of Trent Dilfer stuff just because he's done a lot with early quarterback with quarterbacks early in their careers. He said he was exceptional. As I was explaining before, DeVito, this is something Dilfer was saying, Trent Dilfer. DeVito takes the ground force up into his body and, effect, and effectively turns it into a rotational force via the mechanics in, in his legs, hips, shoulders, and wrists. And being having thick joints really helps take more power on. So somebody with, with not as thick joints, won't be able to take as much power on. And Tommy 
he thrilled the guys at the Elite 11. He thrilled Syracuse. And he really thrilled Syracuse fans in mop-up duty in 2018. This year, it wasn't as big of a thrill. And for me, looking at him, his stock kind of took a hit in terms of being able to play at the NFL. I thought this guy was going to be He's gonna. He was gonna just continue the great success that Syracuse had this in 2019, but he wasn't able to do that. And and again, like I said, it's not all his fault. But when you're developing bad habits like that, it can affect you. It, it can affect your projection at the NFL level. So when looking at Tommy and his and his NFL potential, that definitely has hurt his stock in in my eyes, but. But with him, his his deep ball is pretty. It's easy. It's it's he's got a good touch. It, it reminds me a lot of Drew Locke actually coming out. I don't know if he has the same arm Drew Locke has, and Drew Locke has a really special arm. But I think with that arm alone, I think that Tommy's going to get an NFL look. I mean, it's it's very noticeable when it comes to deep ball accuracy versus kind of a short ball accuracy. He's able to drop deep balls in there a little more accurate than his, his short game. I mean, don't get me wrong. He can be fairly accurate in the 10 to 15 yard area, but the ball doesn't always consistently lead his receiver enough, maybe on the wrong shoulder or on a slant pass. And, and that, that, you know, that can cost you some yardage and, and, and isn't good for court and isn't a good habit for quarterbacks to get in. Just if, you know, the receivers, con- the receiver's going to catch the ball most of the time. But it's not a good habit to get in. So I think Tommy has the arm strength to be an NFL backup. But he really needs to get get him back on, on square one first and be able to be comfortable in the pocket. If he can be comfortable in the pocket this year and 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 really be able to deliver from there and and work his way up and down in the pocket and and be able to to move what move better and be able to to not just bail on the pocket and and just continue to get depth and more and more depth, and then I have to throw the ball out of bounds or take a bad sack. I think that's that w- that's going to give him a better shot at the NFL. And right now, he's he looks like a guy you're going to bring in. He'll be on the practice squad, but I I think that if he has a good year, he'll be able to work his way into a backup role into kind of like a mid to late round pick. I mean, guys like him have a spot in a league, at least in the practice squad because of his deep ball and, and, and how hard he can throw. So that's kind of where I see him right now. I mean, yeah, he has a lot of, there's a lot of tape on him, but a lot of it has, has again, been, been trial by fire. And, and when you see that, you're going to see a lot of bad. And we, we saw a lot of bad out of Tommy this year, but there's a reason why the guys at the elite 11 loved him. There's a reason why that he, he he got up and up in the rankings nationally for for high school and and there's a reason why Syracuse has belief in him to be their quarterback to to keep them at the level they were at two years ago and that's because he's a he's a he's a guy with confidence confidence in himself and confidence in his teammates it takes a lot of confidence to be able to, to throw 50-50 balls and and he's confident that his the guys in his locker room have more talent and have more fight in them than the guys on on the other side of the ball. So I I think Tom, we haven't seen the last of Tommy DeVito 
Um, so I'm excited as a, as a Syracuse fan, I'm really excited to, to see his growth this coming year. Cause he was a guy I really looked at as he's going to bring, he's going to elevate this program to something we haven't seen it at not winning four or five games, but being able to compete in the ACC and especially compete with Clemson, which is really important to Syracuse. So that's all I got for Tommy DeVito. Hope you guys tune in. The next podcast is going to be in in two weeks. I'm going to look at Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger. This is really going to be a fun one. I mean, Sam is he's a he's a he's a good he's a really awesome college quarterback with his ability to run the ball. But th- this is a guy who loves Texas football, and that that's why this next podcast is going to be a lot of fun. So thank you guys for joining me. Hope you tune in next time.